You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, once again, welcome in everybody to the live edition of Locked on Cardinals for Thursday, April the 14th of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Uh, usually, thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day, but with this being Thursday's show, thank you for making it your last listen of the day. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow for your first listen as we preview the rest of the series on tomorrow's show. It's a tough game today for the St. Louis Cardinals as they were unable to spoil uh, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, not homecoming, but but home opener, as uh, Brandon Woodruff really was able to just shut down the St. Louis Cardinals offense as he goes five scoreless. Adam Wainwright was unable to pitch around some trouble. Cardinal offense in general wasn't able to get any momentum going. We're going to talk about all that. We are going to talk about the offense, Adam Wainwright, as well as the two pitchers that, in my opinion, pretty much saved the... St. Louis Cardinals bullpen for being too exhausted at the end of the night as the Cardinals only go through three pitchers. So we'll talk about all that on today's show. If you're on YouTube, be sure to type a comment or question or two as the segment number three will be answering any and all questions that you guys have. I'll try to keep an eye on the Twitter as well so you guys can uh, reply to the, the tweets on LO underscore Cardinals or on LJ Fastball. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe because we are close to 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So keep the subscribers coming. But we're going to go ahead and get right into it. We're going to go ahead and get into the offense because the offense, there, there's no question about it. The offense struggled today. Uh, only able to muster up five hits, one extra base hit. That was Tommy Evans' home run late in the game. They only struck out five times. We also only drew one walk. Uh, it just wasn't a great day in terms of the uh, the offensive performance. Brendan Woodruff w- w- was solid. He was able to keep hitters off balance. As he goes five innings, he gave up just three hits over those five innings. He walked one and struck out two. And he was coming off a really bad start against Baltimore. So you have to figure a good pitcher like Brendan Woodruff or a pitcher of Woodruff's talent He's probably not going to have two bad starts in a row. Or that wasn't Baltimore. It was against Chicago, excuse me. As he went just three and two-thirds of an inning in his season debut, gave up six hits, seven earned runs. He walked three and struck out two in that outing. And as I mentioned, tonight he goes five innings, strikes out two, walks just one, but gives up just three hits. And the Cardinal offense, like I mentioned, just looked off balance. I don't know, overpowered is probably a word you could also use for it. Uh, is that power fastball uh, that for Brandon Woodruff was working tonight as the Cardinals were only able to muster up Two hard-hit balls against Brandon Woodruff, according to Baseball Savant. Uh, when you're looking at the hard-hit, the fire emojis next to the, their names on the box box score, excuse me. So they were just weren't able to barrel the baseball up. Brandon Woodruff was, was able to keep the ball out of the center of the plate. Not something that Adam Wainwright was able to do, which we'll get to when we talk about him in segment number two. But at the end of the day, it was Brandon Woodruff just dominating St. Louis Cardinals offense. Again, it, it was only five innings. It wasn't like he pitched the entire time, but it was enough to to keep his team in the game and to give his team a chance to win. Cardinals definitely had their fair share of opportunities, the the big opportunity coming in that third inning, and they just weren't able to capitalize. The St. Louis Cardinals were were not able to get any momentum going in today's game, and because of that, they were unable to get any runs scored. Uh, Because when you look at that third inning, really was was their biggest opportunity. They had back-to-back singles. Uh, Harrison Bader and Yadier Molina led off that third inning with a single. Tommy Edmond bunted runners over. And then Dylan Carlson had one of the most bizarre ground outs you're ever going to see. Uh, it was a little bit of a check swing, hit off the knob of the bat, uh, ground ball to third base or third base line, and Woodruff throws him out. So then he got first and second. Paul Goldschmidt reaches on catcher's interference, which is 
also a bizarre play. So back-to-back bizarre plays in that third inning. So a little bit of momentum. The Cardinals trying to, to bust open the game at that point because in that top of the third, it was 2 nothing Milwaukee trying to get a run back. And uh, Tyler O'Neill ends up flying out pretty easily to shallow right fielder, uh, shallow right to the right fielder in Hunter Renfro. And that was really that, that was the biggest scoring opportunity, in my opinion, what, what was that third inning. Um, the Cardinals on the day were just 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. Uh, they left five runners on base, so they didn't have an ample amount of chances, but they did have their fair share of chances to score. We, we, we knew coming into this game that this was going to be the biggest test for the St. Louis Cardinals to date. Because so far, they have played the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Kansas City Royals for one game. Not exactly a gauntlet of teams to go through to open your season. So this was the biggest series to date for the St. Louis Cardinals, especially when you look at not only is it a division rival, not only is it a division hopeful, but we're trying to see, is this offense for real? You know, Can you beat up on, not beat up, but can you compete with teams that have the type of pitching that the Milwaukee Brewers do? Because the Milwaukee Brewers have some incredible pitching. Cardinals are luckily going to miss out on their number one Corbin Burns this weekend, but Brandon Woodruff is... Uh, he would be a, a number one on a lot of different teams. And the Cardinals were just unable to get anything going. So not, not to say that, okay, the Cardinals didn't score any runs against Brandon Woodruff. This offense is a loss. This offense is fake. This offense is not as deep as we think it is. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that this is a test to look at for the entire weekend because the Cardinals will continue to face good pitching for the remainder of this weekend series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, because the Milwaukee Brewers just have that good of a pitching staff. Tomorrow when they play at 7-10, Miles Michaelis goes to the mound and he'll face off against Freddy Peralta. That's also a Cy Young caliber arm when he is at his best. And then you move on to Saturday. Uh, as we pull up here, the, the Cardinals will be sending out Steven Matz to the mound and the Milwaukee Brewers for a 6-10 start will be going against Adrian Hauser. Again, solid arm. And then Sunday, day game, the Cardinals will be facing a, a lefty, I believe, on Sunday. Yes, 110 is that first pitch. My apologies for the little bit of an awkwardness here. And that's Aaron Ashby, one of the top prospects for the Brewers' systems last couple of years. So the, the pitching doesn't get that much easier. This, this, this weekend is going to be a test for the Cardinals. So far, it hasn't gone ex- exceptionally well for St. Louis. One game. It's just one game. These games are going to happen. Uh, but, but Woodruff was just good tonight. He was just simply on it. He, he was, the fastball was working. Got a couple of Ks on that uh, heater. Uh, I believe Edmund struck out against it. And I want to say DeYoung did two on a fastball that was up in the zone. But Woodruff was just good. He, he, he was just better than the Cardinal offense was tonight. Plain and simple. You chalk that one up to, to, to good pitching. You know, you had a little bit of the momentum opportunity there in the third inning, but it's not like the Cardinals stranded seven, eight, nine, ten runners. You know, like, like I mentioned, they only stranded five to start, and they were uh, 0 of five or 0 of two, excuse me, with runners in scoring position. So again, they had somewhat amount of an opportunities, but it's not not a glaring issue that oh my gosh, they're stranding all these different runners. Uh, 0 for two with five runners left on base. Excuse me. Game's over. Offense struggled. You, you, saw, you saw a couple of good things. You saw Tommy Eben with the home run uh, from the left side of the plate, so against right-handed pitching late in the game. And you also saw Albert Pujols put together some good swings against right-handed pitching. I know at the beginning of the game, and you can you guys can comment. And I'll show what you guys think uh, on what on the decision to start Albert Pujols. What, what do you guys think? 
it was a questionable one among fans whether or not to start him against right-handed pitching, and he ended up doing okay. He had one hard-hit ball. He was one for three. He drew a walk. Uh, he ended up getting thrown out at third um, <laughs> in the game as he tried to sneak one past Brandon Woodruff, but you know, Albert getting the start against right-handed pitching, that there is an argument to say that there probably aren't enough left-handers in the game to just go with only starting against left-handed pitching, you're going to have to start him against right-handers every once in a while to keep him fresh. And he got that start tonight, going one for three with a single. You could go a lot worse. You know, he was able to hit the ball hard a couple times as well. Can't complain overall that, that Albert Pujols was in the starting lineup. So be sure to comment on the YouTube channel. Again, I'm trying to keep an eye on the Twitter as well to see if you guys are replying to the tweet to have any questions or anything like that as well. Uh, but be sure to comment there, and I can share those comments on screen. So like I said, all in all, offensively speaking, chalk it up to, to Brandon Woodruff just pitching extremely well tonight. And then we'll move on to talking about Adam Wainwright because he did have seven strikeouts, but at the end of the day, Wainwright unable to get the job done against the Milwaukee Brewers tonight as he uh, gets tagged with the loss and is unable to get out of the fifth inning. So we will be talking more about Adam Wainwright coming up here in just a minute. But first, I want to tell all of you live listeners, or if you're watching it later, listening it later, I want to tell you guys about Bet online.net it is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info you can find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and this year's start to the major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information whether it's live betting playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online it's where the game starts Adam Wainwright tonight, not the greatest, not the prettiest of lines for the veteran right-handers. He is only able to go four and a third innings, gives up eight hits, four runs, two walks, does punch out seven Brewers, but he does also give up that home run in that game as he was unable to, like I said, to get out of that fifth inning. You know, reading, looking at what he had to say post-game, looking at where the pitch was, he just was unable to stay out of the middle of the plate. I mean, the, the two-out hit by McCutcheon in the first inning was a sinker that was right over the heart of the plate. The home run by, uh, who hit the home run? By Navarro, sorry. I couldn't remember if it was Navarro's or Tellez. The home run by Navarro's was a cutter that was just center cut, thigh high, belt high. Just a beautiful pitch to hit. Like, a, you know, not a beautiful pitch to throw, but a beautiful pitch to hit there for Navarro's. It ended up just being one of those one of those days that Wayne Knight couldn't find that control. And this is going to happen. To everybody, these games are going to happen. He was able to gut through, get, get to the fifth inning, not get past it, but he was able to get to the fifth inning as he goes four and a third, like I mentioned. Wainwright needs to be able to stay on the corners. He doesn't have the kind of stuff that you can get away with a lot of mistakes. And he talked about tonight that he couldn't really get a feel for the sinker, uh, so he was relying on the cutter a lot. Curveball was, was hit hard a couple different times. So he just caught way too much of the plate way too many times. The Brewers might not necessarily be an offensive juggernaut, per se, but they are a Major League Baseball team, and they can take advantage of mistakes. And that's exactly what the Brewers did tonight against Adam Wainwright. Like I said, because Adam Wainwright doesn't have the stuff that he had in the late 2000s, early 2010s, or the mid-2010s after his uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, you know, 2012, a little bit, mostly 13, 14, 15. Doesn't have that kind of stuff to get away with mistakes. He's got to live on the corners, and he knows that. He, he admits that. That's what he talked about tonight in the post-game press conference and in his post-game comments. 
So he is somebody that absolutely needs to live on the corners. And when he doesn't, you see exactly what happens. He's unable to, to, to get out of five innings and with a starting rotation has enough question marks surrounding it but without Adam Wainwright being one of those question marks. But Adam Wainwright is 40 years old. You don't see a lot of 40-year-old aces running around Major League Baseball for a reason. Because if they're a little bit, usually if they're a little bit off, they're not going to get the results. Because if you're a little bit off when you're, when you're younger, you have the stuff to live down the middle of the plate, then you can survive by making a couple mistakes. Wainwright doesn't have that kind of stuff. He knows how to pitch with his bad stuff. He's shown that in the past. That's why he's able to, that's why he has been able to elongate his career because there were times in 16 and 17 and 18 that I was like, man, this guy is just done. It, it, it doesn't look good. And then he was able to, to revitalize it and be the ace that we know he is today still, even at age 40. But even at age 40, he's unable to, to live with mistakes, right? He's got to be able to find the corners better. The starting rotation is, is a big question mark for the Cardinals. I talked about this last week on the show, that this rotation has some bright spots in it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not as down on this rotation as I think some of Cardinal Nation is, but I do recognize this rotation. It, it, it is a cause for concern. I think I'm going to give it a couple turns through the rotation to, to before I adequately can judge this rotation. It's got to go through a couple different times, right? Can't just judge it based on one start for each of these guys. So we'll see what Raynaud is able to do in his third start. And we'll see what Michaelis, Matz, and Hudson are able to do with their um, second starts coming up here this weekend against the Brewers as they try and right the ship as well because none, none of them really had exceptional outings to start their 2022 seasons. So be sure Hudson did, did a fine job. But let me know in the chat on YouTube as well as, like I said, trying to keep an eye on Twitter. Reply to a tweet um, on LO underscore Cardinals or at LJ Fastball to, to get a question and I'll see if I can answer it um, on the show in the third segment. Let me know what you guys think about the starting rotation. How concerned are you? Are you super concerned? Are you a little concerned? Are you not concerned? I, I think everybody watching this Cardinal baseball team should at least be a little concerned. <laughs> they should at least be aware that this is going to be a problem for the rest of the year. Not for the, for the, for, for the foreseeable future. Excuse me. That this team is going to probably need to get some starting pitching help, or Jack Flaherty is going to need to come back ASAP. Saw a report that he is a little bit ahead of schedule in his rehab, which is nice, but you're waiting on him, you're waiting on Reyes to get back, but this bullpen has actually been pretty impressive to start the season, in all honesty. And we saw that continue tonight with Drew Verhagen and Aaron Brooks continue to pitch. Verhagen did give up a run uh, in that Sixth inning that he worked, uh, but his final line, two and two-thirds, gave up a hit. That earned run that I just mentioned, walked one and struck out three. Verhagen was solid. The, 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 these kind of nights when your starter's only able to go four-ish, four, four, between four and five innings, these kind of nights are the nights that Verhagen and Brooks are especially important. Guys like Verhagen, guys like Brooks, guys like Whitgren, the depth pieces that the Cardinals added in the offseason – that might not have been the splashiest of signings, that might not have gotten any or all of, all of the headlines or any of the headlines. But at the end of the day, they were moves to improve the team, and that's exactly what they've done so far. You saw Jake Woodford eat up innings last weekend when, when the starter couldn't go. I believe it was Matt's, Matt's start, if I remember correctly. Uh, ate up some innings after Matt's couldn't get out of that third inning. Maybe it was Mike Liss, I forget which one. But it's these in-between guys that they're not strictly one-inning guys but they're also not starters. It's the in-betweeners. It's the long men that are going to be able to, to save this bullpen and allow the bullpen to remain rested for longer. And it gives 
IMRL, something that Mike Schilt didn't have, and that's more than three options out of the bullpen to start the season. Because let's be honest, at this time last year, uh, mid-April, so you were more than just a couple series in because the season started on time last year, but this point last season, you've really trusted three guys. Hennessy Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, and Alex Reyes. And even those three had their moments, especially Reyes, walking guys and walking on thin ice. We saw that falter near the end of the year. But now with the Cardinals bullpen, you can go to Cabrera. You can go to Helsley. You can go to Verhagen now that he has some, some couple innings under his belt and he's beginning to impress. You can go to Brooks. You can go to Wicker. And you have these other guys that are still performing. And again, I understand that it's early. The Cardinals have yet to play three full series. They played uh, three out of their four games against Pittsburgh, one out of two against Kansas City, and so far one of the four against Milwaukee. Although with the roof, we're not going to see any problems with the uh, rain delays or anything of that nature. Um, but you have a lot of options in the bullpen that aren't going that still are not going to get the headlines even in season. They're not going to get best bullpen in baseball to, to start. They're not going to be in any of those preseason lists. They're not going to get on any of the social media posts or anything like that. But they don't need to be. They need to go do what they're doing. They need to go in, get out. And just be done. Because this bullpen, I think, is going to be better than people think. I think this bullpen has an opportunity to, to be really good. Let me know in the comment section what you guys think of this bullpen. Because I think that this bullpen is has the potential, anyways, to, to be one of the best in baseball. I really do. You got a lot of... A lot of no-name guys that are going to go out there and get out. TJ McFarlane did it last year. You saw Luis Garcia get it last, do it last year as well, not on the team this year. But I'm really excited to see what Cody Whitley can do. I think Ryan Helsley is starting to finally put it all together, and I think he's going to have a really strong year. Yes, we are just a handful of games in. It's, it, I get it. We still have a long ways to go for, for the season to, to, to really adequately judge it, like I mentioned, but still... I'm, I'm more excited. I'll say this. I'll put it this way. I am more excited about the bullpen going forward than I am about the starting rotation. I'm optimistic about the rotation, but I'm more excited about what this bullpen can do. Because this rotation, if Wainwright struggles like he did tonight consistently, you know, if he, if he finally starts somehow starting to show his age, which he hasn't yet, so there's no reason to believe that he will. Uh, like I talked about, I rarely bet against Wainwright. I never bet against Wainwright at home. But... Verhagen stepped up tonight, eight and two and two thirds of an inning, but practically three innings, and then Brooks with a solid scoreless ninth or eighth inning, excuse me, striking out one. One night was still only able to go 86 pitches, so you, you figure maybe as he's able to get stretched out a little bit, that he'll be able to go longer. But like I said, as, as we get kind of back to, to, to Wainwright specifically, just unable to stay out of the middle of the plate. You saw him give up a leadoff triple to former Cardinal Colton Wong. That pitch was right down the middle. And then you saw him get almost get out of it. You got Adamas to pop out and got Yellow to strike out. And then you've got a 1-1 pitch to Andrew McCutcheon that just caught every single into the plate. It was up, not where you want it to be. You go to the second inning. I mentioned it already, Omar Navarez. But again, you got a strikeout on the first batter, so you're feeling good. And then you, you miss with the sinker up and away. And then you just lay a cutter that is center cut that Navarro is just absolutely uh, de demolishing. And then you... Go again to the third inning. More runs for the Brewers because of pitches that are right down the middle. Hunter Renfro, the, the curveball that he hit was a hanger, and he did not miss it. And then Navarez again scoring runs. He hit a curveball. A little bit down, so that one wasn't terrible. But you just have too many plays, uh, pitches excuse me, that hit just the dead center of the plate. So Wayne is going to need to step up more and more throughout this season. 
it's going to be important to see what Michaelis and Matts do in their second go-around this weekend, including Hudson on Sunday. But overall, tonight, again, these nights are going to happen for everybody. And Wainwright just was unable to, to get that control down, and he was unable to, to get out like, like the Cardinals need him to do, plain and simple. Uh, so that'll do it for segment number two. If you're still watching on YouTube, I greatly appreciate it, as well as on Twitter and Instagram, uh, both Twitters, LJ Fastball and LO underscore Cardinals. Got one question in the bank here from Nathan Hart. I'll share that coming up here in just a moment. Uh, but if you have a question, comment, concern, be on here for about another nine or ten minutes or so, so be sure to get those questions in um, as we kind of move over to segment three. I'll also be talking about the rest of this series and previewing a little bit of tomorrow's show. So I will go ahead and get to the questions now. Nathan Hart on YouTube has a question. I think the starting rotation is worrying, but the bullpen seems solid. Totally agree, Nathan. I think that, that this bullpen, like, I, like I've talked about, it's, it's not going to get headlines. But you've got a lot of guys in there for people that follow the Cardinals closely. Like I'm assuming the people that are watching this right now or listening whenever, watching whenever. If you're watching this, I assume you follow the Cardinals pretty closely. Then we should know that this Cardinal team, that this team has some bullpen pieces. And they have more bullpen pieces this year than they did last year. And it, that, that is extremely, and I mean extremely beneficial for a team, because a team, in my opinion, is only as good as its bullpen. I truly believe that, because a, a bullpen, especially when when you get to October, the teams that have good bullpen pieces tend to win more games in October. There's just no question about it. I think the Cardinals have enough pieces to put together a solid bullpen to make an October run. It's April, four or five games in, uh, with the loss tonight. The Cardinals do fall to three and two. Brewers improved to four and three. So you you, you do have. The, the early onset of the season coming still, but I really like this bullpen. So thank you, Nathan, for that question. No other questions coming in right now. So if you have a question, it doesn't have to be about the bullpen or whatever. It could be about the offense. It could be about the game tonight, but the games this weekend, whatever. Again, it got about another eight minutes now or so before we wrap it up. But I'll go ahead and start with the preview of the upcoming series because the Cardinals have an opportunity here to get started on the right foot still, still against the Milwaukee Brewers, but it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, tomorrow, 7-10, the first pitch um, central time. Mike, let's get in the ball against Freddie Peralta. Peralta also coming off against uh, off of a rough start because the Cardinals have had, or the, the Brewers, excuse me, have had a rough time with, with the with the pitching of it recently. Uh, Corbin Burns was extremely good in his timeout, but they struggled to, to win those two out of three against the Milwaukee Brewers. But Peralta, his first timeout went four innings, three hits, three earned. He walked four and struck out six. So look for the Cardinals to be maybe a little bit extra patient against Peralta tomorrow. Michaelis was okay in his first start. He only struck out one in, in his abbreviated outing, but still somebody that, that needs to step up for the St. Louis Cardinals if they want to win. Because as Nathan talked about earlier, and I've talked about a lot. Rotation is definitely questionable. Uh, Steven Matz gets his second go-around. It was not a good first go-around uh, for Steven Matz in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. I'm sure we all remember it very well as he goes just three innings, gives up nine hits, seven earned, one walk, and five punch-outs. Uh, Cardinals will be going up against Adrian Hauser, who uh, pitched okay, not very well in his first start. And then at the start on Sunday, as I mentioned, it'll be Dakota Hudson uh, versus Aaron Ashby. Uh, Dakota Hudson will be looking to improve. Hopefully he's able to go more than four innings. We'll see when Jordan Hicks is used this weekend as well as, you know, that, that's something because he's not getting a start because the rain pushed everything back and that's odd. So we'll likely see Hicks tomorrow. 
This is still a big test for the St. Louis Cardinals coming up here against the Milwaukee Brewers. Looks like we've got one more question coming in before we start to wrap things up. If you have a question, it's not too late, so go ahead and fire your questions in there. Uh, Belinda Smith, this is actually my mom, so it's kind of fun. Uh, A lot of home runs for the Cardinals early. Uh, Would you like to see more run production without having to rely on the long ball? Any change-ups in batting order by the new manager? I think I think it's too early. You know, the Cardinals lead the league right now with nine home runs uh, in, a, in an abbreviated five games. It's probably too early to get too concerned that the Cardinals are being home run heavy. If the trend continues and you only see them score when they hit home runs, then you start to get a little bit more worried, I would say. But I, w- I wouldn't be too worried about it uh, to start. Obviously, you, you like to see them manufacture a little bit. Uh, the Cardinals are, are known for manufacturing runs. Cardinal way, old National League style, right? Uh, but I'm not too worried about the Cardinals not... Um, not manufacturing just quite yet, just with it being so early. There is a possibility that this trend does continue, and then you start to say, okay, well, they're scoring 90% of the runs on home runs. That can't happen, you know, especially as you get um, colder and colder. Um, and, and the season later on, obviously, it's going to get warmer here quickly in, in the summer months. But uh, batting order, I like it. I got no problems with, with, with the lineup. I like Carlson at the top. Love Edmund at the bottom. Bader's in a good spot in the middle there. like to see O'Neill get going a little bit, but I like it as well. Uh, so thanks for that question. Mighty Mike 84 says Hicks will get the start in the Miami series. Yes, that is sure. He will start on Tuesday. Uh, we're we're going to have to wait and see when he pitches this Milwaukee series because he is going to pitch. Um, with the math adding up and getting his, his rest still, I would expect him to come in relief of Michaelis tomorrow um, or maybe even Matt's on Saturday, depending on. But they want to keep him on a schedule is the key. And they didn't want to just say he's coming in after Michaelis no matter what because it's a, it is a still a regular season game. Uh, but yes, thank you for clearing that though. Uh, Mighty Mike 84 saying Hicks getting the start in the Miami series, which is correct. But before we get to the Miami series, Colonels have more business to take care of in the Milwaukee series. Like I said, first pitch tomorrow at 7:10, as uh, Miles Michaelis will get his second go around of the 2022 season. Hopefully, it is better than the the first go around. 6:10, excuse me, 7:10 Eastern. So 6:10 tomorrow. Oh, looking at the wrong date. Again, it is 7-10. How about that? I was right the first time. How about that? Uh, Nathan Hart says, oh, got to show this one. Excited to see it. Slider is nasty. I think it's popping up there on the YouTube channel. If not, it will here in just a moment. Uh, so thank you for uh, <laughs> commenting that, Nathan. And yes, I think that uh, he does have the capability of having a nasty slider. So that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, tomorrow I'll be going a little bit more in-depth on what the Cardinals have to do to finish out this weekend strong. Um, if you guys like this, uh, the, the post-game format, the live post-game, let me know. I'll be trying to do more of this throughout the season um, as the season goes on. I kind of like interacting with you guys as well live, so be sure to let me know. It'll still be posted on YouTube. It'll still go on your podcasting platforms just like normal, just a different way to getting it recorded. Melinda Smith coming in again. My mom coming in. Love the format, so thank you for that. Um, but nevertheless, be sure to tune back in tomorrow as I preview the Milwaukee Brewers series a little bit more in-depth uh, as the Cardinals look to... Uh, get themselves in a better spot to win the series uh, with a win tomorrow. So be sure to tune back in tomorrow. Be also sure to tune in to Locked on MLB, hosted by our, your pal Sully, as he gives you his takes on Major League Baseball past and present. Uh, he checks in around the league with other Locked on hosts. Uh, so until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your night.